Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Hello and welcome back to the show. As we just finished this series on Memorable, my book, Lessons to Leave a Legacy, I started getting some questions asked and I thought, okay, rather than doing a bunch of different interviews or episodes or answering the question repeatedly person by person, I thought it would make a lot of sense to do a bit of an episode answering some, well, some core questions like, okay, why did I choose to write a book? And what was it like writing this book? Um, And, you know, that'll just be my experience. So I'm certainly not here to tell you everybody's way of writing and publishing a book, but sharing mine. And mostly I'm doing this so that I don't have to repeat myself and I can, (laughs) I can share this um, and, and have it be something that's known just at least in terms of my experience, because I think for me also as a, before I had written the book, I really would have loved to listen to something like this and get a sense of, okay, well, what did it take? Why should you write a book or should you at all? Um, what was what's one experience like so why why did i write a book why did i choose to to do this i think it initially um it sounds like a very attractive endeavor and in all honesty it was out of ego i would say in the beginning i thought that i should because i had this coaching business and i was coaching people and people in the coaching world write books and that's sort of the thought that I had in my mind. And so then I just sort of inferred that, okay, this means I should write one and it'll be good for, for my brand and good for me. Um, which isn't entirely untrue, but what happened was I set out to write this book and I did a pre-sale campaign on Publishizer, which, um, that's an interesting move in and of itself. So maybe we start there as the story goes on. So um, I I wanted to write a book. I didn't really know how to go about that since I had never done it before. And so I actually heard about Publishizer from a friend who had also put their book on the platform. And so I thought, okay, this could be interesting. You essentially write up an outline. If you have a finished manuscript, you, you can use that. Um, I didn't. So I wrote up an outline about the book and some details, who my audience was, how I plan to promote the book. Um, and you put that up on their site and then you share that with people and the website obviously shares it with their audience as well. And so people can buy your book and support your campaign for this book. And, and so we sold over 500 copies and that was interesting to some publishers. And so there were over 40 publishers that were replying, um, a couple of maybe, things to be aware of on a platform like that is one, they're going to take 30% of your sales. So while you do get access to some publishers and and a site for your campaign um, and a way to collect funds and put your book out to the world, you are giving 30% of what you sell in that pre-sale campaign only. So not future book sales or anything, but just that campaign, you're giving 30% to publishizer. Um, and I think that's standard for different 
crowdfunding campaigns, maybe not the percentage, but the idea that they get a piece of that, right? So they can make money. Um, but that is something to be aware of because you could run a presale maybe somewhere else for less money. Um, I think the benefit there is that you're connected with these publishers, right? So the idea was, okay, I'd like to be published. I'd like to work with a traditional publisher. How do I go about doing this? I want some help. And so that was my idea of getting help and support. Um, I don't know that I would do that again in that way. But of course, hindsight's twenty twenty, And also once you've published one book, I think, and depending on the sales of that book, you can make a different case if you're going to write your second book. So it's a bit difficult to say, would I do that again as a first time author? Um, I made the choice. I think that if you want to pitch publishers directly and potentially get a literary agent, um, that might've been something I would have explored further that I didn't. So that's something to maybe think about um, because they will shop your book around two different publishers for you. Um, but of course that comes with another type of fee, right? So you're going to pay if someone else is shopping your book around. If you want to go ahead and pitch publishers personally, all the power to you and that's available and that would probably be the lowest cost option. It'll just take more time, of course, but no one's taking a cut of that process, right? That part of the process, the pitching, choosing a publisher part. Um, but it is useful to have help on that part because, well, there are a lot of publishers and which one do you want to work with? And one thing I found on Publishizer in particular was that there were a lot of kind of these boutique agency, you pay them to publish your book sort of idea. Um, and they'll, they'll be called maybe hybrid publishers. Um, I, that's not what I wanted for my book. I think there's a whole world of self-publishing on Amazon. And so if you're kind of leaning toward the root of, no, I just want to do this myself, and, and keep more of the proceeds of the book for sure. I think that if you're willing to figure out the Amazon platform and self-publish, um, you can definitely go that route. One thing you're missing there is the Ingram distribution and Ingram makes it really easy to be in bookstores. So if bookstores are your kind of go-to for me, it just, I think because I grew up going to bookstores and it was a bit of a sentimental decision, probably also a distribution based decision of, okay, I want this book to be able to, well, be seen in different places where people buy books. Um, and so Ingram from a distribution standpoint is absolutely, in my opinion, the front runner, at least as I'm recording this from my research. So definitely if you're wanting a great distributor, Ingram is pretty much the only one I found that was that widespread and it will be in Indigo, Barnes and Noble, and really anywhere you can buy books. Um, so now I'm getting into a bit of like, what's it like to write a book? Um, but what was happening as I was doing this publishizer campaign was um, in January of 2019, I got into a car accident where I sustained a traumatic brain injury that really kind of put the brakes on my whole writing situation. I couldn't bear to look at screens. I had really, really intense eye um, light sensitivity and so and, and headaches and, and a bunch of other bunch of other setbacks there. So, you know, for most of 2019, I would say computers really were not on my radar. So, so, and it, this is, I talk about this in the book. So if you haven't read the book, this might be something to, to kind of draw you in and hear more about my story there. Um, and how that's relevant to you and your career or your life, how that can actually, my insights from that experience can help you. But in terms of the intention of the book after the accident, it really shifted because I had an opportunity to consider okay, why am I doing this? Why am I doing everything I'm doing? I mean, 
I, I really felt like I saw the potential to, well, I saw the potential of death really right in front of me, right after that accident of, wow, I, I could have been, I, well, I could have died um, potentially. Right. And that was, that was really confronting. And so I thought about, okay, why am I writing this? And it's really not about me. And even though in the book, there are definitely stories about me or my insights, it's not about me in terms of the purpose. The purpose is about the reader. And I had really had that flipped in my mind because it was an, I was being driven by my ego and thinking that it would be a great kind of thing to hold up and, and show you and take a picture with. Like that was really superficial. And I thought it was a good idea. And what I will say is, you know what, if that's why you're writing a book, it's you're doing it wrong. <laughs> it just, you are. That's not why you write a book. You write a book to help the people that read it. And so you don't need to write a book. And even if you like writing, you really have to think about, okay, what's the aim of this particular book? Because what also ended up happening in my process was that I was reading, writing this book and then kind of feeling like I had to put my whole heart and soul into it, which I did. I put my, it was very heartfelt in how I wrote it, but I can't share my whole life with you in 300 pages. I mean, I tried, I tried to share the, you know, really pertinent information to again my aim for the reader and my aim for the reader is for them to overcome the voice in their head that says I can't right that's really my my main aim it's that life is short you don't have a lot of time use it wisely and get over yourself essentially because we talk ourselves out of so many things that we want to do and I can just think of countless examples both of my own and of clients friends where it's like oh I'd love to do this and we we shrink away from that thing we would love to do or create and so I just want people to go after or at least investigate those thoughts right you might not pursue every single idea that pops into your mind but certainly if something's per if something is gnawing at you right and just really on your mind well take it a step forward right and be willing to kind of go after it so I wrote this for people that maybe want to be a bit more brave and get a hold on that voice in their head that's telling them, you know, I can't, or this is too hard, or this is too much, or people like me don't do this, or whatever that limiting belief is. I want to just get those limiting beliefs out of the way and really spend your time wisely. And for me, spending time wisely has been aiming to be a person of character that I respect, you know, that I can look in the mirror and say, yeah, I'm proud of myself, of who I am. I, I feel good and in integrity with who I am. And that's not always easy. And obviously I'm a human, so that doesn't happen all the time, but that's what I'm aiming at. And so each chapter in the book is a skill or characteristic, or let's say a quality to embody. I really, the word skill, it's, you know, it's in there and it's kind of an interest. It's, you become skilled at being a certain way because you practice being that way through your actions. Um, but to me, it's really something you embody. It's a characteristic or a quality that you embody. Something like purpose, living on purpose, living, being authentic, being in service to others, right? Embodying patience. So there are different chapters that my hope is by reading them and by answering the questions in them, you're able to embody that quality more wholeheartedly, fully to get over the voice that says you can't and to go after really what you want to be doing and to use your time as as wisely as you can, given what you know at this phase in your life. So, okay, that's the book. And, you know, I really, that, that was a big shift 
from in the beginning, I thought it was going to be a guide. I thought again, that I, I needed to write this guide and kind of tell people how I had built my business or what I, you know, thought was the correct way. And again, I really saw it as this marketing tool, which as I said, it sort of is right. It definitely has a marketing purpose, but that's not why you write a book. And so I was really misguided. And I hope that this episode can maybe just give you an extra thought that I hadn't had before my car accident forced me to sit in a bed for eight months, you know, and, and really contemplate my life and what was important and what I was aiming at, because I think I was aiming at more superficial things. And I've come to realize that those things, well, they're superficial. And so they don't really endure and they're not as meaningful because they don't go to the core of who you are. They're just satisfying in the moment. Hence, you know, superficial and fleeting. So here we are. And I've kind of had these realizations and um, we sold over 500 copies on Publishizer. And then um, I'm sort of on my way. Okay. I've scrapped the initial manuscript, whatever I'd written up until January of that year, scrap it. Let's just, let's recalibrate. I pretty much I read the whole outline, looked at, okay, I wanted these qualities in the book and let's set up each section of each chapter and then, okay, let's go for it. What stories do I include? What questions do I ask? So each section of the book um, is related to sort of how I would have, how I would tell a story. And then some the questions that I would ask in a coaching call, if someone came to me and said, I want to feel more confident or I want to feel more this, we normally will look at, okay, how are you thinking about the word confidence and the feeling confidence? And then what are you doing about it? And normally you know, when you get into action, that's how you prove to yourself that, well, yeah, you're good at something. And then you feel confident, right? When you've done it, that's the only real way to feel truly confident is when you've worked through the discomfort of not knowing about something. Um, and I think that was a similar thing that I had to go through with the book was I had, I wasn't confident as a writer. I wouldn't call myself a writer. Um, I never felt like I was good at that in school whatsoever. I didn't get that feedback from teachers either that I was exceptional at writing in any way necessarily. I did fine, you know, um, but I really felt like I was repeating myself in coaching sessions. And so it felt necessary. So why did I write a book? Um, and, you know, why did I go about this? At that point, after the accident, I thought, you know what, I keep repeating myself about these concepts, like coaching session after coaching session certain mental models and strategies, certain stories, different questions come up depending on the circumstance. So how great would it be if someone could flip to chapter 16 about empathy and have my thoughts on that at their fingertips without me needing to, to support them and well, indirectly through the book, but not, not in real time. And so that's where it's like, okay, no, I, I have to do this and it has to be good. The questions have to be really well thought out. And then I had to get really serious about every single sentence. And <laughs> that's hard. Uh, but that only happened once I had really gotten out lots and lots and lots of awful writing about each chapter and scrapped stories. And But I just wrote out stories. I wrote out lots of different stories that I wanted at the beginning. There's sort of this real life example bit at the beginning of the chapter. And I I really just got out, okay, what is empathy? Like, what's that story in my head that empathy um, is like? What's it like to embody empathy in my work, in my life, for my clients? How how did they go about 
embodying this. And I will say it's really hard to let go of a book once you've um, finished it. And certainly now looking, looking back, it's like, I've got so many versions of this manuscript and even the, even the first edition that's published, right? This, this first version, um, if you're buying it after a certain date, you won't even get the text from the first version because in between hardcover and paperback editions, I edited the text again because I, I had been so in a frenzy to get it published. So really wanting, I, I felt behind in all honesty, after the car accident, I felt really behind. And so I thought, okay, well, I, I, these people bought my book in 2018, end of 2018, thinking they were going to get a book relatively soon. Little did I know 2019 would take me in very different directions. Then it was 2020, you know, um, and it was just, it was COVID. I, that's not an excuse. I definitely could have used that to finish the book. Um, but I started my company chiefly in the U S that year. And so I was in the founders Institute accelerator, which took all of my waking attention pretty much to fulfill on their demands. Um, and it really stretched my ability or, or what I believed my abilities were in terms of building a company, coordinating people. And then I burnt out from that at the end of the year because I put everything I could into growing the company. And so then I burnt out end of 2020, then I got married, then 2021 um, really just continued on. I mean, I had to have two businesses, right? And so there was a lot and I just didn't create the space. There's, there's no real excuse other than I didn't create the space for it regularly and with accountability. And so that's something that if you're setting out to write a book, the moment I had an editor partnering with me on writing this book, everything changed. And so I hadn't picked a publisher yet. I kind of, there were 40, 44 interested in the book. And so I, I hadn't even parsed through all of those people to have conversations. There were a few front runners. Um, one thing I would say about the platform, I wasn't, I wasn't initially super impressed by the publishers that were offered to me because a lot of them were vanity publishers, as I mentioned. So, you know, pay us $5,000 and we'll publish your book, which wasn't what I wanted. So I was really looking for a traditional publisher that would be there and believe in my book and partner with me. And so take on some of the risk, but then stand to benefit when the book sold so that they would help me. And I really wanted that traditional deal because I wanted to be in bookstores and I wanted that what I had in my head as the true author experience, right? Which the, that's not right necessarily. That's just what I wanted. That was my my value and belief around writing a book was I want it tangibly in a bookstore. I want to go to an event. I actually have an event today for the book, you know, to talk about it and chat with people. And I love that. And I want, I wanted that in bookstores and that was important to me. So define what's important to you. Obviously, if you're writing a book or thinking about it, it doesn't have to be my way, but be clear about what you're doing because if you pay a publisher, it's very different from if it's, you know, an indie publisher more so an independent um, versus a bigger publishing house. And if you're a new author, they might not pay attention to you and or not dedicate the same amount of resources as somebody more established, right? When it comes to their marketing dollars and even attention from editors or the developmental process, um, which I'll get into. But 
you know, I went with a smaller publisher that I felt like would love, would, would be there for me. And they have been. And that's, that was important to me as well. Um, and I, of course, would have loved to sign with Hay House or Penguin or a really big publisher. But for my first book, I, you know, I wasn't there yet. So you can also be very stringent about that and say, no, I only want a big publishing house. And you'll have to overcome different hurdles um, in that regard to show that you're really going to sell. Because that's another thing. I think people that maybe don't come in this with a business mind and think maybe that maybe you're thinking, okay, no, I really have a purpose in this book that I'm writing really needs to get into people's hands, which is so noble and better than where I started out. Um, there's a business side of books that I think is really important to address because, well, it is a marketing vehicle for my work and it is a product. So it needs to sell. And so if you take all the time to have a tangible book in your hands and write it and edit it, pay an editor or work with a publisher and they help you develop this, your manuscript and bring it to life, that's just the beginning. And that was something that I thought, okay, once I've written it, ah, the, you know, this big load is off and now I, I can enjoy the fruits of my labor. And I did to some degree, but it's like, okay, no, now it's all of this marketing. And that really doesn't end because the book, the book continues to exist. And so that's where I think people talk about it being a great marketing vehicle because it will continue to exist in perpetuity as this book for as long as I guess my publisher or Amazon or the bookstores will have it. Um, and as long as I continue to talk about it. So that's an interesting part of what's it like to publish, <laughs> write and publish a book is when it's published, you're just getting started on the business component. And and hopefully you've done some pre-planning, which I could have probably done a better job of. So that's another, maybe like highlight this, you know, once you start writing the manuscript, really it's like, okay, or maybe not when you start writing it, but you could include people that follow you along the way as you've started writing it. Hey, I'm working on a new project. I kind of did that right with my pre-sale campaign. But then before it gets published, you're going to want to get in touch with all the people for editorial reviews that could go, let's say, on the back of the book. Um, usually they want an early release version of the manuscript. They don't want the book to be out yet, which is something I didn't know. <laughs> so uh, if you're doing this, it could be a, a good idea to make a list of those people and do that, you know, four months-ish ahead of your publication date so that they can have a chance. And I'm talking, you know... Washington Post, New York Times kind of idea for, for blurbs um, or editorial reviews. So that's a consideration. Um, you definitely want that time. And, and that's what was interesting for me in my experience was I was editing the manuscript, trying to edit, edit, edit. Um, but then it was so close to the impending publication date that I could have used more help or could have been more intentional and had more of a strategy before the book came out rather than really being all in. I was very all in on, okay, let me make sure the text is really good. I was really kind of fine tooth comb going through everything. And it's still not perfect, of course, because that's not what it's meant to be. But, you know, I was really doing my best to say, okay, does this sentence matter? Does this section matter? Um, and I kept trying to cull and go through it, um, and then, you know, I went back and forth with my editor. So I would do reviews, they would come back. And of course, all this while still, you know, working and traveling and doing all the life 
things. So good to have a plan. And I wish that, or what I would do differently next time is have that editorial review, marketing plan and book tour, perhaps coordinated well more in advance than what I what I had done and probably enlisted more support. So another thing I would say is the editor that you have, even if you're at a, a bigger publisher or you hire someone yourself, huge accountability partner. So I highly, highly recommend that. Um, but make sure that your editor is somebody that they don't have to agree with you all the time, but they certainly should be a thinking partner and maybe even your your target audience in some sense. Like I I feel that I was very lucky that, you know, my editor is is a woman around around my age and I think understood and resonated with my message to whatever degree. Again, I don't think anyone is going to 100% agree with how you write because you're different people. And so that's the beauty of a book is you write something people can take what they like about it and reflect on what they don't and what that means for them and have their own experience with your book. That's the, I mean, that's the whole point of a book, right? I, I put it out there. You have your experience with it. You learn what you can, you like or dislike what you want and you take what you what you need so yeah I think the editor that you have is just a really important decision and I work my first editor was actually in in England a lovely lovely woman um very very good writer to the point concise I love that I'm not much of a flowery writer I don't I don't do much in the way of descriptions um that's just me I'm not I've never been a kind of fiction or like storyteller in a all the vivid details and really spending pages and pages describing a scene which can be beautiful but again just not my style and I felt that she was really aligned with what it was that I was aiming at with this book and the just the way I wanted to convey things which was kind of to the point uh as she she was that way but I did notice right so because she's from England sometimes my voice got lost because her voice she would use different words and that's not right or wrong again, but, um, you know, she would say whilst I would never say whilst it's a great word. <laughs> I, I like it. It actually, sometimes I feel like that accent sounds smarter. So there are parts where I thought, wow, you, you're making me sound much more sophisticated than maybe, than maybe I am or the way that I speak, but I really, what I, so what I did to combat, let's say edits and, and rounds, and this was, uh, you know, probably 20 at least rounds of kind of back and forth with um, both editors and then a formatter and oh, three editors. And um, I think what I realized was the best way for me to make sure that the book was in my voice was to read it out loud to myself, just, you know, sitting here and I would go through and try to read it and see if it sounded like me. So that's another thing that I think was really powerful is, okay, is this in my voice? Well, if I read it in my head, does it sound like me? If I say it out loud, even better, does it sound like something I would say? And because I had the intention in mind to record my own audiobook, I wanted that to be personal as well. You like, to I like talking as you've gathered. So, um, you know, I wanted it to be my voice when I spoke out the audiobook and read it. And so if I'm going to read my own book, it has to sound like me because I'm going to read it to you. Um, 
So that was really important to me. And that was a kind of another idea that I needed to, I hadn't really thought through, but having an editor might change your voice if their voice comes through in the writing and their voice could be beautiful and brilliant, which my editor's voices are. Um, and so that was a, an interesting thing to say, okay, this doesn't feel or sound like me. It sounds good, but I want it to sound like me because it's my book. And so whenever someone else would kind of put their layer and it would change and it would be a little bit like them and a little bit like me and then a little bit like the next editor and a little bit like me. And so this book, I mean, it's me, but there are people that definitely, definitely impacted it. And it's them too. It's definitely them and their take on what I had written as this text evolved. And so, wow, you know, wow. To think that, you know, Caroline and Sarah, two of the main editors, you know, um, and then Helen helped with some sweeping reviews. Like Caroline and Sarah's hearts are in this. And that's so special too, because I, it wasn't all me. I didn't have to do it alone. And a lot of, I think my life has felt like I have to do it alone. Um, you know, that gets me emotional just thinking about it because don't we all sort of have those things that we feel like, oh, I should be able to do this myself. I should be able to get through 300 pages and write this myself and push. And I think a lot of my life I've been pushing and that's great in some ways and definitely necessary to bring a project to its to its end point. But it was really nice to not have to go at this alone and having publishizer, having my editors, having my publisher, having readers that had agreed to support the campaign before I even had a title, really. Um, that felt really supportive and really cool to feel like I had this community of people behind me saying, hey, when's your book coming out? How's the book going? What's going on? So getting support, having accountability partners, in particular, an editor, an editor or editors that you feel really um, aligned with, even if they don't agree with you all the time, they shouldn't. And, and having a community of people that are in your corner. And this goes for, you know, obviously any goal, not just a book. Um, if you have any big goal and you are endeavoring to go on that type of adventure of an album or painting or a new business idea, anything really, if you can build a newsletter, and I know it sounds like a marketing thing, and it is, it's also a marketing thing to share updates and keep people in the loop, but it'll do something for you beyond selling your thing, whatever the thing is that you're creating. It'll build momentum and community for you because knowing that I was accountable to the people that had bought my book, knowing that I had people waiting for my book was the biggest reason that I finished it. <laughs> um, and then number two was definitely having the editors and the external accountability because it brought it out of my mind and into the real world. Real people need this. It wasn't just an idea floating in my head or an outline sitting in my files on my laptop. Like it was a real thing that people needed and wanted from me and were waiting on and checking in about. And so, well, then I better get it out there, right? <laughs> I better do this. And so I think that's what it's like to, to write and publish a book. It feels very lonely sometimes and like it's constantly evolving. And am I ever going to finish this thing? 
And then if you can bring in support and community, well, then you're really in a different place of, okay, my editor's waiting for the next draft and these people are waiting to read it. And um, my publisher, you know, has these ideas or this timeline that can kind of hold you to a little bit of a more structured cadence than you might on your own. So what it's like to write and publish a book. It was the most isolating yet collaborative thing I think I've ever done and, and brought out so much of my heart. And it was a vehicle for me to realign and remember the priorities in my life and what's truly important, which is serving others. Um, you know, I mean, part one and two of the book, choice and fulfillment are really about choices about you making the choice in your life to use your time wisely and be a person of character and go along this path of really building a life of purpose and meaning through what you do and how you show up in the world. Um, part two is about finding that deeper sense of fulfillment via a relationship to something bigger, you know? Um, and part three is about the impact you have on others. And while it's only one part of the book, um, that's the part that's most gratifying, I think, is you've got to get yourself, your thoughts, your orientation in order, and then realize that you're not the only one at the wheel, <laughs> really. There's so many factors outside of you and that you have to trust and rely on. And fulfillment comes from being able to be in relationship with those other forces and, and other people and figuring out your spot within that. And then part three is about how you give, how you give to others. How do you do that in a way that's impactful for both parties, all parties involved. And, you know, I'm, I'm, when I see, I, I can't even just seeing this, that it's real, that I can hold it. It's on my desk. It's like, yeah, I, I worked and waited and toiled for years for this to be the case. And I can't think of another project that took so many different skills. I mean, I want to be careful in saying that because starting a business and having a business takes everything, <laughs> takes all of the skills um, in this book and, and just any others you can think of to continuously improve and question grow, improve, question, grow. Like it's, uh, yeah, building a business is a big one too, but certainly writing and bringing a book to the end felt really amazing because there was a tangible end. A business sort of never ends, but a product like this, this encapsulates me at a point in time and the insights that I've gathered over years of coaching individuals and well, it feels, it feels important because hopefully, you know, that person that bought it at my pre-sale can get this book and really, even if one question or one chapter hits home, their whole, their whole life could change. The way they approach things going forward can be different. And that's that's why you want to write a book and if I was to write another one I would make sure that I was oriented toward that from the very beginning and oriented toward what the what the person reading it would gain 
what I wanted them to gather and gain from it. And I might do it less than three, <laughs> less than 300 pages next time. Uh, but it's such a cool journey to go on and you really meeting, meeting people that have read the manuscript. That's an interesting part about what it's like to write and publish a book. Um, because there were people in my life that were disappointed with what I said and didn't agree or just, yeah, thought I was wrong or thought it wasn't beneficial, certain elements of the book. And so it's fascinating to kind of know people for a decade and then have them say, no, you know what? I can't support you or this book because of what you've said in it. That's especially after so much time and thought has gone into what I've said. Um, it's really interesting. People, people do are quite forgiving, which is interesting, but at the same time, um, it kind of takes one thing and, and people will write off a whole book or a whole person. And that's another kind of part of writing a book that I think is very profound, important is you were putting yourself on the line. It's a vulnerable experience. It's extreme. It's like, you know, performing on stage or even speaking in this podcast, you know, it's another way of putting myself out there, my thoughts, my feelings, my ideas, uh, solutions that I think are useful. And that's, that's vulnerable. And so what's it like to publish a book? Uh, it's so vulnerable. Your whole heart is kind of out there on the table and, and you're hoping that people will, will accept it for what it is. And then you have to be okay with the fact that not everybody will. And also maybe remove yourself. And I had to remove myself a little bit from this. Um, you know, it's, it's my book, but it's not me. It's a part of me, right? It's in my thoughts and my ideas, but it's not me. And so it's also the case that, you know, somebody can not like my book, but still like me or not agree with everything I've said and still respect me. Or, you know, there's so many permutations of it. So I think it's really also easy to get kind of like, okay, is everyone going to like this or am I going to crash and burn? And I think it will be somewhere in the middle and parts of it will feel like you crashed and burned and, or could have done better next time. And parts of it will feel really amazing. And that's just a lived experience of anything, isn't it? I mean, not everything is all amazing and not everything is all bad. There's amazing and challenging parts in everything. And that's so critical in beginning any big project or endeavor where you're going to put yourself out there um, is that there will be a range of experience and you're signing up for all of it you're signing up for 3 a.m trying to get the the manuscript to the editor because you want them to work on it the next day kind of really intense nights of work potentially unless you're way better at planning than me and maybe you won't have late nights but I had many um but certainly deadlines and pressure to to mold this thing to the next phase and keep it evolving and growing into what it will be um, so there's pressure and then there are these highs of being you know talking to a reader that just says you know I was at this point in my life and this book is just exactly what I needed for me to feel like I could go and start my business and um, you know I spoke with one a nurse that was an oncology nurse and she said you know what I've wanted to do um, I've wanted to do work outside of my job to really connect with people one-on-one -on -one about what they're going through. It's such a tough time. And, you know, this book has just allowed me to, to go ahead and do that and give myself the permission. And it's like, yeah, you know, I love when I'm, my book is, is 
changing the trajectory of people's lives to go after what they want. And so it's like that those high moments are like, yes, this is exactly what my intent for this book was. And then, you know, my friend saying you've added this in the book and I just can't get on board or promote or, you know, or endorse this. I can't write a review because of what you said. Um, so, and then that's kind of crushing in a sense of like, what? <laughs> I've known you for a decade and, and this is so disappointing. And how is that possible? And reckoning with the fact that I did my best and that's just doesn't mean that everyone will love it. And that's hard. And so there are people that say, I can't, you know, I don't like this. And there, there are people that say this changed my life. And then all the kind of moments in between. So what's, what was it like to write and publish a book? It was everything. It was fun and difficult, isolating and brought me to people that I would have never met otherwise. Um, it was a really big challenge and also somehow very easy to bring about the stories um, while I was letting everything pour out of me. That was such a beautiful um, experience. And what it's doing for me after being published in terms of being able to help more people and share it and have something that I can um, give to people that can really support them, even if I'm not in the room, has been gratifying. And so it's just like, it's everything. <laughs> it's every emotion you could have. Anger, sadness, happiness, uh, fear. It's every emotion um, to get this to the point of being out in the world. So highly recommended experience if you um, are a writer or aren't, um, I think there's something so brilliant about having an idea of serving people and bringing that into the world. And a book is certainly a vehicle um, in which you can do that or with which you can do that. Like you can just, you can take a book and really, really help a lot of people with the book. Um, and I think the most important part of actually writing it was remaining hum well it really humbled me because I was and I was already I was very clear that I wasn't the best writer and so it but it brought it out of me that okay just because I don't think I'm a good writer well but I can write so that was an interesting also shift for me personally so if you feel like oh I'm not a writer or I'm not good at this I have nothing to say it's like well you might you actually might have something to say um if you if you set out to write a poem or a short story or a book, you might actually have something to say when you give yourself the space to do it. And so I'm really thrilled that I gave myself the space to do it, um, despite the fact that it was terrifying and I didn't think I was good at it or would be good at it or could do it even. It was There were points where it's like, can I finish this thing? What? How am I going to finish this? So, But in those moments of doubt, it, I think that remembering that well but I can write and so if I can write I, I can do this and um I have people in my corner as I do this those are really useful so writing a book is everything <laughs> definitely think that um if you're considering it it's a worthwhile endeavor get the right support plan both the writing itself the manuscript itself and your marketing plan ahead of time. So thanks so much for joining me. Um, it's really been so fun to kind of go through the whole series of every chapter that's in the book 
if you didn't hear that, I'd recommend, you know, it's the episodes just before this one. So I go through every single chapter and just discuss, you know, what was on my mind when writing it and some stories or why it's important, what it's about, kind of key ideas. Um, so I highly recommend that if you're reading the book um, or you'd like to know more about it, you go through those episodes and get a sense of what I was thinking um, in each chapter. So thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time and take good care until then.